who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Where old stories take on a new life and the world is teeming with possibilities. Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with. Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, and I'm JJ Crable. Hey, and I'm Kat. Awesome. And today uh, we've got our good friend Fiona joining us to share some ghost stories. How are you doing, Fiona? I'm doing very well. Are you feeling any good? The quarantine feels like the rest of us? Oh, definitely. I've gone through, you know, like three breakdowns already. So every other day, I feel like I'm crying or I'm really excited or I'm just all over the place. So Fiona is an actress and she also um, works at the theater that we all do improv at VT. But she's currently in Canada, the waiting out the pandemic. Like going to waiting out the pandemic in Canada seems like that was a smart move just based on everything that's happening in America and in Georgia. And now that I'm here, I'm. I'm so grateful because I watch in horror about Georgia and I'm like, oh my God, because I I have no family there. So I could have been in like a sticky situation, but Canadians are uh, very, very good rule followers. So we are doing lots of things to stay safe. Yeah. It seems like Canada is doing a pretty good job of self-isolation and following the rules but Fiona didn't you tell me like early on that there was like a huge fine if you broke any of the rules of the quarantine oh yeah so when we I came into the country I was like served by a uh, customs agent he's like I'm serving you you have to remain in your house for 14 days if we find out that you have broken this that you've come out you will be fine up to a million dollars and he's and 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 it turns out they like have spies they have people go into grocery stores and just like ask people like oh yeah like have you been traveling <laughs> just see them, they'll like be like oh yeah have you been breaking the rules come with us so fiona what would you say on a scale one to ten like one not really believing in ghosts and ten ghosts are real where do you kind of fall on that scale eight an eight. Wow. Ooh. That's a lot of belief in ghosts. 
And have you had some personal uh, encounters with ghosts? Yes. One for sure. And then the other things I've had are just, it's like I can, I can see slash feel memories, which is kind of, I guess, in the realm of ghosts. What do, what do you mean by that? Sometimes if I'm in an area where there's been like trauma, I can hear it or feel it or almost like see it like flashes in my mind. I know it sounds super weird, but um, I have so two examples are, for you. Not your memories, but they're kind of like memories based in like the place that you're in. Yes. So when I was uh, 23, I went to acting school in New York City and I'd never been to Wall Street. And so and I and I'd never seen, you know, ground zero after 9-11. So we wanted to check it out. And so I was with a friend and I was walking into the, the area going down the street. I couldn't see the hole yet. And I suddenly started to feel really sick. And it's like, I almost heard screams in my ears and the sound of lots of people running. And I was like, oh my God, we're very close. And it, it turned out I was like, at that point, three blocks away from it. And it's like, I could feel that the entire time I walked down. Like, it's like, I'd hear all the screams. How long was that after the event? Uh, that was a long time after the event. It happened when I was 15. That was eight years. Wow. And it was, it was still a hole. They hadn't built anything yet. It was just, um, you know, fence and, and cards and memorial, but they hadn't built anything. Who was with you when that happened? Someone who was in the acting program with me, who was my friend. Did you tell them what was happening or did you just kind of keep it to yourself? I told them, but I downplayed it because... I thought it sounded crazy. Were you just like, you know, like when you hear people screaming, but they're not around you, you know, that thing? And they're like, <laughs> no. And you're like, yeah, me either. Let's go. I said, I think it's, it's, it's like, it's in the earth. It's imprinted in the earth, this memory that happened. Wow. That's so intense. I just feel like I, I'm still on this theory of just like how things leave energy and especially something like that. I can't even imagine like how saturated it probably feels there. Do you feel like you you kind of feel these kinds of things at different like big events or like historical events? Have there been any other things like that? Yes. So I was on this big ship in um in the harbor of Baltimore and and they were taking us down and it was I don't know what the ship was for, but it was very old, like 1800s. And they took us to the area where the soldiers would sleep and the, and the sailors would sleep. And then where the hospital was. And I, same thing, I got this wave of just feeling sick. And that, I didn't hear screams or anything. It just felt like the energy was very, very bad. And that a lot of bad stuff happened there. And I had to get out of that room. But the most recent one is actually funny because it connects to us. When I just moved to Atlanta and I was driving through different areas. So I was driving through Atlanta and I was in the in some downtown streets. And again, this time it was the same thing that I heard screaming and almost like glass breaking. And I think there must have been, um, you know, Martin Luther King, there's so many marches and there were so many uh, protests. This must have been an area where there was rioting. And, and something going on because I could hear screams and glass breaking. I mean, there were the Atlanta race riots um, that happened that killed a lot of people. 
um, you know, and obviously a lot of Civil War history. So there's definitely a lot of stuff in our city's history that could could be those sounds. Yeah. So Fiona, is it only sounds? Um, do you ever get visions connected with it as well? I've never had a vision of a ghost, but um, I definitely know there has been one and I can tell that story. But I also, if I even feel a presence, then I like say, I don't want to see you. Don't show me. I don't want to see you because I know that'll scare me. Yeah. Have you always just like instinctually said that or did you hear from someone to say something? Yes. <laughs> really? Um, maybe I have heard it that you can ask not to see. Yeah. Maybe I heard that as a kid. Um, and then I was like, that's a good plan because I don't want to see them. Was there ever like a time in your life where you, you know, like realized you had this kind of intuition or I don't know, was there kind of like a moment that was like the first um, time you kind of experienced those memories? That's a good question. No, that I remembered, but I'll say that once again, I always gravitated towards like wanting to read ghost stories and hear ghost stories and then regret it later and, and believe them. And I guess, I guess maybe one of the biggest moments was I was at a party and uh, there was, you know, we were all like eight or nine and then some people's uh, parents were there. And one mother said how she lived in a haunted house. And she said, Oh, it was so haunted. And we're like, how, why, what happened? And she's like, well, we would hear footsteps coming from the garage to the kitchen door. And we'd hear it a couple times a week, be like footsteps and it'd be louder, louder. And then it would stop at the kitchen door. And sometimes the door would move. And I remember being like, whoa, that's crazy. Now I know someone who's like really experienced it. So um, maybe that opened me to it. What, what is your, like when you were in New York and you heard sounds from what you felt like was 9-11, how long does that last? How are you able to kind of process that and just move through it? Or like, what, what, what is your kind of guttural reaction to experiencing that? It's like, I know without a doubt that that's true. Like there's, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm experiencing something that I can't see, but that I know is there. Oh, I've, I've just, that just reminded me, I, I have seen a ghost, but not with my eyes. So there's two stories I can tell. Um, and the only way for it to go away is for me to leave that area. If I have that moment, like that visceral reaction to that specific geographical area, I just have to leave the area. As long as I'm there, I'm feeling it. I'm like in that world suddenly. Mm. My godmother, my godmother passed away when I was uh, 24. And um, she had cancer and I was going to go see her in Toronto and she died the day before I was going to leave. So I almost feel like she was saying she didn't want me to see her like that. But in my sleep that night at about uh, like six or 7 a.m., I heard this voice that said, good, good, good. And she used to always say that. And I really think that was her telling me that she was fine. But I didn't know. I'd never experienced anything like that. So I was like, I don't know if that's real or not. And then two days later, my mom walked into my condo and I swear to God, this is number 10 on the scale. Barbara was right behind her and I couldn't see her with my eyes, but I saw her like with my soul. Barbara was right behind her. And I said to my mom, I'm like, Barbara's right behind you, mom. And she's like, I know she's been with me for three days. Wow. 
So does your mom have a lot of these similar experiences then, or is she just very accepting to the idea of supernatural? My mom has always been, uh, she has her own experiences, I'm sure, but she's just always been very open to supernatural new age. Like she used to do meditations to see if she had um, past lives and like spiritual guides, things like that. What do you mean exactly when you say uh, you saw her with your soul? Like it wasn't like a, a, you know, full on apparition you were seeing, but like you, I don't know, was it like an energy you were sensing? Yes. It was an an energy that was gold or prism and tall, big behind my mom. That's all like, it's, it's, I, cause it's, it's not logical. So it's, it's hard to explain, but it's like, I knew that her. To go off that, that's one of the most frequent questions that JJ has being the most skeptic is like, how do you describe the feeling of like feeling something in the room or feeling a presence? Um, same with when you were in New York, like how would you describe like all of a sudden you just feel it? Cause I, I can kind of understand what you mean by feel it with your soul, but it's truly so hard to describe. Yeah. It almost feels like there's a change in weight density behind my mom in the air Mm. and yet you can't actually see it but somehow it's there that the weight density has changed as far as being in in like um places and then feeling it i i have no idea (laughs) how to how to like to quantify it except that i always kind of in in um i always start to feel sick and weird and then it goes into like hearing things are you very empathic do you think yes that's incredibly the theater so well because she can read literally everyone and she knows exactly Aww. what everybody needs before they need it i'm serious it's because you have Thanks. that special skill and gift it's just it can backfire because then if i'm in a room where other people are nervous or anxious i'll start to become very nervous and very anxious and it's not even mine i'm just like picking up everyone's yes i can like feel and sense people's emotions from like tv and movies like even though it's just made up and will like go outside and sob for like 35 minutes. And I'm like, why am I sobbing like this? The person yes. <laughs> died from my family, it was in the show. Yeah, I know I'm really empathic too. JJ, are you an empath? I can't really tell. Not, not at all. I'm I didn't so think empathic. so. I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> You say that you're not an empath. What, how, do you, how would you describe yourself? I'm pretty uh, grounded in that uh i need i like things to be concrete and clear and i'm not very good at uh navigating ambiguous situations uh so here's a question to go off that for all of us so and it doesn't have to be the new york uh uh, example unless you want it to be but for example if i was walking past where the twin towers used to be if I really want to like soak in, in the moment and try to like really think about the people that lost their lives there, I try to put myself, you know, in their situation and kind of feel how, it, you know, would have been kind of living in that city then. And I'm almost like wanting to feel like those emotions so that I feel like I'm giving it the respect it needs. If you're walking through an area of history like that, what's like your thought process? Are you... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it does. And I like, I, I'm not, I feel like I sound like a sociopath. (laughs) No, no, no. 
I'm not saying I'm, you wouldn't but, do um, that, but I'm curious what everyone's thought process is when they walk through something like that. Like, do you start wondering like, oh, is someone, is, is there energy here? Or, or do you start thinking about the facts or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I have a similar process of like, I try to imagine what it, it would have been like to be in that situation. Um, or yeah. Or just kind of like try to, in my imagination, place myself there. Yeah. Um, but I never have something where I feel like there's some kind of otherworldly presence around me because I'm in an area like that. But like you, you feel sadness and that kind of thing. Right. Like, do you, yeah. if, uh, for example, if Kat is upset about something and you don't necessarily have the logic behind it, do you immediately take on her emotions or do you kind of sit back and try to sort through the minutia of what's going on? I'm going to sit one. back and sort through it or be like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think I, get affected by other people's emotions other than like uh just you know me trying to figure out what what it is whereas if he's like truly upset about something like sad or scared or anxious like he always is just kidding (laughs) (laughs) that'll change my mood but if he's annoyed from something logical that i know how to fix i'll be i'll be less empathetic yeah i like to be a fixer but (laughs) i'm very empathic on like other people's emotions, especially even um, like one of you were saying, Kat, I think it may have been you. Um, if I'm watching something on TV or a movie or something, it can really like, you know, really affect me, especially, I don't know, have you guys seen normal people on Hulu yet? Not yet. No. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Ooh, I want so, to so good. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's definitely a drama and the way it's filmed and stuff and the music, it really like pushes emotions really heavily. So if you are an empath, I do recommend it, but uh, buckle up because it's a bumpy ride. That's interesting because I'm empathetic, but I generally have to see the person that's in front of me. And then I'm like reading all their nonverbal mm-hmm. feelings and communications. Or it's like you, Kat, that I have to kind of know what the details of a situation are, like being exactly where the Twin Towers were. Then I'd be like, this is the spot. And I'd start to think about those people. So that's why these moments are so interesting because uh, they catch me off guard. And generally when I'm not seeing anyone to have that connection with, and when I don't really know about the exact place I'm in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you get like feelings about alive people? Like do you, when you meet somebody new, do you quickly get like a vibe or energy of whether or not they're a good or bad person? Well, I, I also do Reiki and I might have, I might have like a, a sixth sense about someone maybe, but generally we're all gray, a mix of good and bad. So I'm not like good, bad, good, bad. But when I do Reiki on someone, I won't feel that they're bad, but I'll, I'll feel a lot of uh, kind of their, their traits, like their very inner traits when I'm doing Reiki on them. So that maybe that was a tangent. Can you explain what Reiki is? I, <laughs> I, I can say, obviously we know, all know what it is, but for the people who, Clearly. <laughs> who don't know. I, I instinctively think of uh, Rafiki from Lion King. Mm. So in case you crack open fruits and paint it on baby lion's foreheads. Is that what it be, is? Which would be cool. <laughs> is that Reiki? Uh, so Reiki is energy healing and it's a Japanese um, technique. And Reiki Ray means sun or life and ki ki is the same as the chinese chi chi energy so it's life force energy 
And uh, it's weird because we all have kind of our own healing energy, but to be initiated with Reiki, you kind of take this level one and then they make you close your eyes and I don't know what they do. They're like doing some sort of prayer thing and then your hands warm up. Um, and so now I can make my Are hands people warm touching up. your hands or it's it like, no, they're not touching my hands. So I can make my hands warm up. And if I place them on someone's body, they'll probably feel either heat magnetism or just like deep relaxation and it can heal. I've like healed people's like migraines or back spasms, but I've also just put people to sleep and to have a nice wonderful sleep and it's just it can be physical or it can be emotional and just kind of uh, clear the brush and how did you get into that I had a friend who I was working with and I used to kind of give little massages to her at work and other people and she's like damn you're really good at that she's like can we do a trade like you give me a massage and I'll do Reiki on you and I'm like what is that and she's like it's this like therapeutic healing thing and I'm like okay because I'm always into this stuff and so she did it to me and it was, it was amazing. Like hmm. you feel like you've let go of so much. As like the, the skeptic, I'm yeah, always, get it. No, I'm, the skeptic. but I'm just always trying to, you know, I'm JJ says, get your sweaty hands away from me. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I don't know. I guess one of my uh, pet peeves about other people who like me are very skeptical is when people in, immediately shoot down things especially this happens a lot in like eastern medicine traditions that like oh of course that's like a bunch of superstition and stuff like that so i'm i'm just kind of wondering and maybe maybe you know a little little bit about this fiona um if there's any kind of like scientific explorations for like i don't know i mean i know I don't know that much about physiology or uh, biology but i know that like the human body needs touch with other human bodies and that like releases like hormones and, and chemicals that are really beneficial to us. So I, I wonder if there's like something involved in there with uh, Reiki, some kind of science to it. This is all I know. They have done uh, a few studies that proved that when someone was receiving Reiki, their brain waves went into beta and even deeper. So they're going into not not rest and not right uh, the surface sleep, but into deep sleep or even like REM sleep. That's where their brain waves are going, right. which is very that, fascinating. That's, that's kind of a, a goal in meditation too, is to kind of like get your brain waves into like a, like a beta uh, wave or gamma wave or something. It's, like that. And it's probably yeah. a lot of one is the person like open and, and, and wanting to receive like this kind of calming, nurturing therapy as well, because it, what I'm, I was curious about it and I looked it up a little bit um, and studies show that it is more effective than a placebo. Like it's not just cause, Oh, well they said this will work. It's going to work. It's, it's shown to like decrease your heart rate and decrease your blood pressure and and pretty much activate your parasympathetic system which is all of those things calming you're trusting the person because i mean i trust you just with your generic behavior and personality and just being calm towards people and then paired with like human touch and like just warm energy you know i i would think that that would work wonderfully and now i want 
to have a session. Yes, Let's now I need to give it to both of you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to arrange a time. When, when the oh. whole world is not afraid of physical contact right. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You can you can do a distance, but uh, for a first time, I think it's better to do it in mm. person. Can I, I? I do have one uh, real ghost story that I'd like yes. to share. Oh yeah, we want to hear it. What do you think it. this is a ghost podcast? <laughs> yeah, get your shit together. Yeah, we've actually just started a new Reiki podcast. <laughs> real Reiki. Real or Reiki? Yeah, like that. <laughs> um. So I uh, babysat this girl for a long time when I lived in Toronto from the age of seven and now she's 16. So she's all grown up, but I lived with her and her mom. It's a single mom for about three months uh, when she was 14 and I'd babysit her all the time. And there, and she lives in this beautiful big house. It's three stories plus a basement. So four stories. And on the third floor, there's three rooms. There's the daughter's bedroom there's the daughter's playroom and then there's the gym and out of any room in that house, I really felt uncomfortable to be in that gym. I always felt like someone was watching me and it wasn't like a nice energy. It was like, it felt weird. Like, like I wasn't supposed to be in that room. Um, and cause I'd sometimes, uh, take care of her for a week when her mom would go away. If I was ever alone in that room exercising, it would make me so uncomfortable that I'd have to like leave the room. I could only be in that room if Ruby, the girl was with me. Um, and when I was living with them for three months, I felt like it got even worse, this feeling, this energy. Like if I passed the room, I felt like I could feel this energy. And so I finally had the courage to say to the mom, I'm like, do you, have you ever felt this weird thing in the third floor? She's like, oh, the ghost in the third floor. I'm like, What? you know about this? She's like, yeah, there was, there's like definitely a ghost. It had a really bad energy. And then it seemed to get like better. And I'm like, well, it doesn't like me. She's like, oh, I, I haven't really felt it being a bad energy in a while. And I'm like, how could you not tell me? I've been like living here. I, my room was across it. She's like, I, I guess I didn't know if you'd feel it. So, um, that was that, but it got so bad that I looked up what to do if you have a ghost in the house and it said, you have to talk to it and you have to establish that you're not going anywhere and that it has to accept you and you can share the space. So I went in the room and I'm like, hello, okay, I'm going to be here for a little while. I need you to be cool. I'm not going to hurt you, but I need you to understand that I'm going to live here with you for a little while. Um, and it didn't like it, but when Ruby was in the room with me, it would feel nice like it liked ruby and i started to hang with ruby in the room more and more and eventually it got a little bit like more gentle and now when i go and visit i will still say hello to it in that room but the energy feels better towards me i almost felt like it was like competitive with me like it was a competition and somehow i was encroaching on its space and it sounds crazy, but it's, it liked Ruby and it liked that room. And I wasn't supposed to like take that away from the ghost. Did you offer to Reiki it? <laughs> no, maybe I should have. Well, well, I feel like we learned a lot about you today, Fiona. Thanks for. Yeah, that was yeah. Really cool. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome.
it's a that's an interesting kind of journey you've been on with the supernatural i mean it seems like it would be a little scary to experience other people's mass trauma in that way but obviously you've handled it very well i mean i had no idea that you had any disconnections to the supernatural and we've known each other for a year or two now so it was, it was kind of neat to discover that yeah i guess uh you don't talk about it all the time because you don't know how people are going to react and you don't want to scare yeah. them away. Yeah, for sure. We all yep. know about that, but we're hoping we scare them towards this podcast and not away from this podcast. <laughs> yeah. This Everyone is our just niche. Be open-minded. You don't have to believe it. Just listen. That's, that's our philosophy on the podcast. So Fiona, before we get you out of here, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I know you had that uh, show coming out on Apple TV. Did that ever come out or are you got any projects going on? Not with this going on. I don't know when it's going to come out, but I, yes, I'm in an episode of The Right Stuff that's coming out. It's n actually not on Apple TV. It's on National Geographic. They're trying to oh, do okay. drama, Ooh. dramatic content now, but I'm going to be in this movie and it's and they just came up with a poster. I know they're working on the trailer and it'll be real soon. And that's called Dr. Bird's Advice for Sad Poets. Awesome. <laughs> so you can see wow. that. So Kat, JJ, has Fiona's story kind of moved the needle for you guys on your supernatural scale? What do you guys think? Yeah, it really keeps me grounded in my hypothesis, not theory, <laughs> my hypothesis. Is a theory a proved hypothesis? A theory means that there's been, already been like multiple studies and there's a huge amount of evidence that uh, back it uh, up. But you just can't like, as a scientist, you can't say 100% we've proven this thing. It's like why people say like climate change is a theory, but that doesn't mean that it's like just a theory, you know? Um, well, so anyways, I just a little, little PSA about the difference between a hypothesis and a theory. <laughs> I feel more solid in my belief in energies. Yeah, I think, you know, it moves the needle a little bit for me, not necessarily in terms of ghosts, but more just in terms of like, like that kind of energy imprint. Um, you know, I think there's still definitely a possibility for, you know, a more scientific explanation of it, um, whether it's, you know, a low frequency sound or something like that. But, you know, obviously it's really hard to, to make that judgment when it's not something that I've experienced yet. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm yet. I'm open <laughs> to it. I'm open to experiencing it. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm like convinced, but I, th I think, you know, there's uh, room, room for doubt either way. And I am really interested in looking into to Reiki more. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, I've, I talked about it on the podcast before, but I, I've always had these kind of like weird intuitions and premises, or not premises, I have weird premises too, but uh, premonitions, uh, dreams, <laughs> things that... Um, Can I just say, every time you say premonitions on the podcast, I think of Yoda in uh, episode <laughs> three going, premonitions. <laughs> premonitions, you <laughs> shall. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I've had these things happen in my life that I can't explain where I've had these ideas or thoughts and they come true or I, I meet somebody and instantly I get this feeling of like they're good or bad. And it, at least for the most part, it tends to prove out to be true for me. Not always, but um, a good bit of the time. And then sometimes I'll just have like dreams and I'll see certain connections with people. And some of that stuff may be kind of self um, 
fulfilling, you know, like if it's a positive thing that I have with somebody, I can certainly push life in those directions, but it's happened so much and it's happened to other members of my family. It's, it piques my curiosity when we meet somebody or know somebody like Fiona that has instances of that times like 10, where you're going down a street and you can hear the screams of people who experienced nine 11 um, and things like that. I can't really rationalize or understand in my head. So it's pretty neat to have Fiona share those stories. Um, I know Fiona, I trust her. So I don't think there'd be any reason for her to make that stuff up. Um, as far as it makes me more or less of a believer, um, I would say it's made me a lot more curious. I don't know if I, if I believe less or more. It certainly makes me wish I could understand what those experiences are like that Fiona has had. You know, I know what my experiences have been, and I don't even really understand those. I guess that's the whole point of the podcast for us to keep doing discovery and try to give perspective to all these stories. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Super glad she shared them. She told me about them last week on the phone, and I was instantly fascinated and begged her to come onto the podcast. So I'm, I'm glad that she came on and shared her story. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come back anytime you're haunted by another ghost um, or staying in a haunted house. So. <laughs> I hope I don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, that's another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. And I'm Kat. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.